Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, we are out of the van. We are uh, (laughs) back on our computer screens because uh, the season is about to get started. We've been locked out of practice a little bit more this week um, as Miami gets ready to kick off the season Saturday at 3.30 p.m. against Bethune-Cookman. Um Normally, we're going to preview games on these Friday episodes, um, but I don't know. We don't need to talk that much about them. <laughs> so we're going to preview this season, um, the first season, obviously, of the Mario Cristobal era. Susan, I like we we talked. Um, you you did a story or contributed to a uh, story. What was it? What publication was it in this week? CBS Sports. No, uh, Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. Sorry, you contributed to a story Pat this 40. week. Yes, Pat Forty's story about. Um, where these all these there's a bunch of powers this year USC a bunch of traditional powers that are uh, in pivotal moments with the new coach or you know a coach getting ready to kind of hopefully have a turning point um I, I thought that's a good place to start because what you talked about was the expectations um you know kind of what what's reasonable and what the fan base would kind of consider reasonable so let's let's start there because obviously every year Miami fans I think, as long as they've been in the ACC and struggling to get to the ACC championship, it's been not necessarily like totally an ACC championship or bust mentality, but pretty close to it. So um, obviously the baseline for most Miami fans is going to be, we want to get to the ACC championship this year, but you're one of a new coach, um, a feeling that there's going to be a little rebuild after a couple tough seasons. Um, right. Where, where do you think the, the fair expectations are to put on this team compared to, to what you kind of expect for, for this team this season? Well, do you want, what I, what I, I mean, Pat Forty wanted me to know, you know, what, what the fans right. would be satisfied. check kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of what the fans would be satisfied with. And, you know, I know you and I were talking about this and um, uh, I, you know, and this was your, this was really your comment that the fans won't be flying banner planes. Yeah. <laughs> now, depending on their, I think my record was different from yours. I, I said if, if UM goes eight and four in the regular season, mm-hmm. the fans won't be pl- flying banner planes, but they will not be happy. Yeah. Um, you know, anyway, I think, I, I think nine wins would uh, placate uh, most fans. Um, I think, uh, you know, for me, for me, nine and three win is a. They were seven and five last year. To me, that's a big improvement. Nine They're and all- three. Nine and three is probably like the smart prediction, right? Because you look just at the way this. You know, they're going to be clear underdogs against Clemson and Texas A and M. Right. Um, and then they've got a couple. You know, Pitt, North Carolina. Um, you know, a couple other AC, Virginia. Who know? You know, they they were obviously pretty good last year, but they've got a new coach also. Um, you know, there's a couple of those ACC games that are going to be based on the spread, kind of close to toss ups. So, you know, you figure there's kind of two losses built into the schedule. And then, you know, Miami, and then Miami being coach. Miami. Am I allowed yeah. to say that? I can't. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, I know Mario's here. I know in Mario we trust, which is, is you know, what I, I said to, you know, the Sports Illustrated also, or what mm-hmm. the fans believe. But um, UM, usually there's, usually one game in the last several years, yeah. at least one that they really were supposed to win. And they just, and there were a lot last year that were really close at the end. The field goal hits the goal, whatever. I, 
there's some game that they should have won, really should have won, and they lose. Right. So I figure th- nine and three for me is realistic. Ten and two is possible. Yeah. Right. Um, I, that's about as far as I'll go. How yeah. Ten and, ten and two would be a massive success, especially if you win one of those Clemson Texas A and M games. I don't expect them to beat Clemson at Clemson. Obviously, Clemson's kind of had Miami's number. I think. I think Clemson is going to be very good this year, uh, bouncing back after last season. But Texas A&M, like, that team was – obviously, they have a ton of talent, but, like, they are kind of disappointing. I know they beat Alabama last year, so it's weird to call it a disappointing season. But after – you know, we saw them in the Orange Bowl, but the year before, and they yeah, but- took it to North Carolina, and the whole idea was they're about to take the leap, and they didn't necessarily do that last year. So they're obviously in a much better spot than Miami as a program, but I don't think they're go- – especially when you have a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, I don't think you're going up to Texas A&M and thinking you can't win that game. Obviously they're going to think the same thing at Clemson. I feel a little less confident about that because of how good Clemson is. I think especially defensively, their defensive line is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, 10 wins is in the realm of possibility. Like you said, if they 11 would be like, you know, Mario Cristobal is the mayor of Miami now, basically. Uh, Go, go, go over. Maybe he becomes the governor. Yeah, maybe the governor. And then, um, uh, but, you know, 10 feels that like that is, I, I think nine is the safe number. 10, though, like you said, I, I don't think feels unreasonable, but it would be massively successful. And and eight would be, I think, a little bit of a disappointment, but you're yep. one of a new coach getting his guys in, all that kind of stuff. Like, I think everyone would be like, all right, we're, you know, it's a it's an improvement over the year before, obviously. So, moving I, no, I, I, I think the fans would be griping. And I, I I kind of understand that. To me, eight and four would be a disappointment, but it would be a disappointment. Okay, but no batter planes. But but uh, right, yeah, even- that, that's how I'm gonna feel. You could you'd be an, you'd be annoyed, but you can justify it. You can come up, come up right. with excuses that make sense, depending on how the game went. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing. I mean, I think um, so. Another next topic I had on here was just like, what does Mario Cristobal have to do this year? Not not a not a specific win loss record. Um, to like kind of feel like you things are going in the right direction. Um, I think the obvious one is, is keep recruiting and and that takes winning and looking yep. good. But the big thing to me is uh like you said, that it depends how the games look. You know, they have not other than since they beat Notre Dame in what year was that? 2018 now, I guess. Yeah, 20 no, 2017. Um, they have not against a marquee opponent looked good in any game, right? They got killed by Clemson, obviously, later that year. They got killed by Clemson during the, the pandemic year. They got killed by Alabama last year. Obviously, they you know they have some top – they got some top 25 wins last year beating Pitt. Um, but against, like, a real marquee top five, top ten program, uh-huh. they have not looked competitive. And I think if Mario Cristobal can get them – you know, I don't think they need to beat Clemson. I don't necessarily even think they need to beat Texas A&M. But if those are competitive, close games, at least one of them, what? Well, yeah, uh, then I, I think you know that is that is something that Miami just, like I said, hasn't had since they blew out uh, Notre Dame back in 2017. Well, I, 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 I really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it would be great if they could win one of those games for yeah. sure. If they win one of those games <laughs> um, and they like if they go eight and four, well. I guess that would be kind of disappointing. They go nine and four and that's one of the wins. Like that's just as good as 10 and two to me pretty much. Cause it's a sign that, that yeah. they're elevating themselves. I'm not sure. I agree with that, but I think, I do think uh, 
Texas A&M would be a really good, good way, a really good start. Because then after that is a victory at Texas A&M, which I think is possible. Yeah. I don't know. And then, and then Middle Tennessee, uh, Middle Tennessee State. Huh? Then they get back to Middle Tennessee. I mean, then they'll really be on a roll. And I think they need to. I think he needs to accomplish a. a it would be great if, if they could actually win the Coastal. Okay, go six and two at least. That's what I said. A minimum acceptable record. I mean, or seven and one. They they need to win the Coastal. I, to me, yeah. that's a. That's a, I mean, I'm not saying that I actually expect that because I'm not sure how Pittsburgh's going to end up being with the right. new yeah, that's, that's the thing. quarterback. New Such a question mark because of. Yeah, what? so I, but, but, but I think the ACC, that coastal is, my God, uh, it's just got to be a minimum expectation to me, for me. And, and, um, uh, and then you got to hope, I almost think winning the coast, I've always said this getting in the ACC title game and then losing it is a bummer. It's almost as bad as just not winning the Coastal. Um, but anyway, Mario has to continue, like you said, recruiting. Um, I think uh, he he needs to get that depth, that, which, he, which he's doing through recruiting and the transfer portal, getting that depth, get, you know, bolstering the depth, uh, um, you know, having them play, having them play discipline, discipline ball and not losing at the end, like, like Florida State, like Virginia. Okay. Having not always having them coming back at the end, scrambling crazy, crazily, you know, and then yeah. losing at the last second. I, I So all those things, I, I would like some, you know, good coaching on the field, on field coaching, which we've yet to see, by the way. Yeah. I mean, all that's, that's the, that remains the, I don't want to say elephant in the room because again, we haven't seen it. It's not fair to judge it one way or the other, but Mario, when he was at Oregon, his reputation was never for what he did in the 60 minutes a game was going on. It was all the CEO type stuff around the program. Um, And, you know, when you, the, the position he's in right now, like this is, the off season is Mario's season in a lot of ways, right? Like when he can dominate recruiting and oh, yeah. hire all the good coaches and all that kind of stuff. Um, so like I, it's easy to be like, it's, it'd be hard not to be really excited about the way things are going right now. Um, but like you said, we got to see what it looks like when the season comes. And that's what made, that's, it's kind of made it like so hard. I feel like to like write about Miami for the last month or so, because like, um, it's hard, you know, you just don't know what it's going to look like. We, we, we don't know what we don't know. You know, it's new coaches everywhere. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. We don't know what the defense is going to look like. Um, you know, we can obviously like take hints from, from past stops with these coaches, but um, yeah, it, it's this, this specific combination of, of characters is, is now coming together and who knows what it's going to look like. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay. Uh, to finish up our season preview, I want to just kind of run through and spotlight kind of like our preseason award predictions. Um, obviously, at the end of the year, Miami always picks their offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, all that kind of stuff. Um, so let's give our predictions real quick for for a couple of those big uh, award end of season type awards. Um, let's start with offensive MVP, where there's kind of an obvious pick, I would say. Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, I mean, he's popping up. I think I saw as high as like number six on preseason Heisman odds uh, as of when we're recording this on Thursday. Um, You know, the quarterback, if you have a star quarterback, it's hard for the star quarterback to not be the MVP um, of the offense. Right. But, um, you know, it's again, he's he's that good. And we saw the way Miami changed last year when he took over as quarterback. Sure. So I think I, all the questions about wide receivers and stuff like that, he is the engine, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't even, it's not even close. And I think if he doesn't end up being the offensive MVP, they're in big trouble. Yeah. Well, what if like Zion Nelson ends up like legitimately being a top 10 pick at tackle? And like, we're like, oh, that guy's the best, like an all American tackle. Could he be the MVP of this team? Uh, I still think it's Silo. Yeah, it's hard for like I, the value or whatever for a quarterback is. I'm not, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm going with Tyler Van Dyke. I yes, you're right. Zion could end up being, you know, yeah, he could end up being a top ten pick. But I'm still going with Tyler. Yeah, yeah. That I, I'd say it's Tyler, the obvious number one. Zion is like the sneaky. Could he be? Um, and then other than that, I don't know, like maybe uh, Jalen, maybe Jalen Knighton has an incredible year in, in this new rushing attack. Uh, maybe Will Mallory is so valuable as a, a wide receiver for a team without wide receivers that you give him some credit, but yeah, it, it's Tyler. And like you said, if he's not, then I think Miami's got problems. Um, what about on defense? And th- this is one where there's not, it feels like you could pick like 10 different guys here, basically, especially because you don't know who's going to be the best defensive lineman. <laughs> I know it's true, and I think we're both going to end up picking the same guy. So I, I don't know. I, I'm a big James Williams fan. That's yeah, me it. too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just because, because he's so, hmm, he wants it. I mean, he's so. There's something infectious about him. I mean, just the way he plays, he's he's everywhere. He he wants it so badly. Uh, he's smart. Um, if he can keep his composure, if he can keep his composure, I think he can be the defensive MVP. I also think, uh, and you had mentioned this to me, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback, is going to be really good this year. Yeah. Um, and 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 David, we don't like we, we don't know as far as is there someone going to jump out on the line? Who's right, like if Jabari Harvey has 11 sacks or something, or Akeem Mesador is like a tackle for loss machine, or, or Leonard Taylor, you know, he led the team in tackles for loss as a freshman last year, and if he jump, if he takes a second-year jump, those guys are, can just be more valuable than 
safeties right. are because they they disrupt everything. I but, and people will be here's the thing people will be maybe they'll be throwing away from like not near trying to avoid James Williams. Yeah. But they've got so many good safeties. Yeah. Well, so that, that's, the, that's the reason I point I pinpoint James Williams is because he can do so many different things, right? He had the big interception against Pittsburgh last year, right? So you know he's got that deep safety uh bust up a play down the field type uh, ability. Um but he's also huge and can, you know, he, he could have five, six tackles for loss this year and a couple sacks, right? Or you know, we linebacker remains kind of a big question mark for this team. If they, you know, we've heard, I, I've wanted all year to uh, every time I get the chance to talk to the safeties, I'm like, hey, can you three play together? Because I think that's the best. You know, if James Williams and can kind of be a pseudo linebacker sometimes, then that makes him valuable in another way. And, um, you know, we see safeties lead teams in tackles all the time. That would, I wouldn't surprise me if James Williams leads the team in tackles. Like, I, I think there's just so many ways that he can be valuable for this team that that that's why he is the guy that I look at on defense. Um, I think Miami's clearly trying to position Jafar. I Harvey as their uh, star, their leader on defense, given how often we talk to him. And, and obviously, you know, he plays the, the value position as a uh, weak side defensive end who can rack up sacks. And, and like I said, really just disrupt an offense at the point of attack. But um, I think James Williams is he's got obviously like star potential, but I think he's also like kind of just a, a, the ultimate role player too, because he can do so many different things and that, that makes him valuable on a defense. Um, what about a freshman uh, on? It's hard to find. I think a guy on offense who's like an obvious, like freshman of the year uh, for offense. Is there anyone we'll start there though? Cause we can be quick there. Is there anyone who stands out to you there? Uh, on offense or just freshman? On offense, Trevante Citizen was going to be the obvious pick, yeah, but then obviously ending injury. Um. Wow. Yeah, it's it's hard to find. Know. It's all it's all defense in my mind. Yeah. I, I think Jaleel Skinner is the safest yeah. pick, just because he's probably the fourth tight end, and I don't know if anyone else is that high on. The, I mean, there's some backup linemen, I guess, but how often are you going to see like? Matthew Cooper is the backup right tackle getting the game or whatever. Probably not a whole lot. Um, but Skinner, you know, he's so big. Um, we he can catch a couple touchdowns this year. That that's that's about the extent of of it. I think on offense, though. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm not so sure. I, Jaleel is from what we've heard right now. Right now, a, a, a candidate for that, but he is he is a very you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just that they're going to play a lot of twelve personnel with two tight ends like he might have to get on the field a little bit because that requires three four good tight ends and there's a clear top two obviously tight end and I think Khalil Brantley has looked good when we've seen him but um you know Jaleel gives him a different dimension than than a guy like Khalil who's a little bit smaller and more of an h-back um on defense who, who there's a lot of good candidates there I think who pops out most to you uh Nigel Kelly I would say uh, defensive. End. I think he's the safest bet. He's yeah, obviously I mean, one of the highest ranked recruits they had in the class. They've raved about him. They're going to play. It sounds like six defensive ends or something. So he's in that mix. He's going to help. And he's yeah. I mean, everybody says the guy's really, really great. Um, I also 
<clears throat> am intrigued, and I, I've said this in the spring, but we haven't really heard much about him, or we don't see much in practice, and we're definitely not going to see anything anymore. But um, Wesley Bassain, yeah. linebacker, I like him. I, I mean, it's just I don't, I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know specifics. I know he was in that car accident. We've said a few times in yeah. the off season after he spring. He missed a lot of the spring with an injury. Yeah, I think he had a, a foot injury, and I don't know the extent of it. Um, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just got the sense that this this guy's j- just the way uh, James Williams is very intimidating when you look at him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wesley reminded me of that too when I saw when we talked to him in the spring. Right. It's just odd that we haven't talked to him. Well, maybe because he's a freshman. This you know this fall we haven't yeah. talked to him. Um, so I'm not really sure, but he, I just got the sense that he's, he's really good, but now at this point we have to see him play. Yeah. I think he is the high upside freshman because again, like I said, Kelly's going to play. We know that I think. Um, but at linebacker, we still, that remains, like we said, the kind of the biggest weakness, I think on the defense, at least on paper. And they've got flag, they've got steed, they've got, um, Caleb Johnson, they've got Keontra Smith, got maybe Chase Smith. So so a bunch of guys who are for the most part unproven. Um, and then Wesley Besaint is is in there somewhere. Um and I think if that position ends up being underwhelming, we could see him his playing time really increase as the season goes on. In a way, we saw with James Williams last year and Cam Kinches. Obviously, there were some injuries at that at safety last year that opened up the opportunity for those guys. But I, I could see Wesley Besaint. Obviously, linebackers get hurt, so that could be one way. Um, but also, just as he gets more comfortable in the live game situation and stuff like that, uh, that he could become uh, a real contributor. And maybe he's the one guy on the de- one freshman on the defense that I could see starting a game this year, basically. So, um, okay, uh, last one I had. I, I was going to give us the option both kind of the comeback type guys, comeback player of the years, guys coming back from injuries or just breakout most improved candidates. Um, the obvious comeback player of the year type guy, uh, I think is Jalen rivers who was looking like he was going to be maybe Miami's second best offensive lineman last year. Um, and then got hurt really early in the season. Was it week two, week three? Um, I think it was in the Michigan state game. I don't remember what week that was. Um, now he's back. He's going to start at left guard um, and sounds like he's still probably Miami's second or third best offensive lineman. Um, so I, I think he's going to be uh, very good for them this year and, and a big boost for that offensive line. Um, are there any kind of uh, breakout, most improved type candidates you have your eye on? Yeah, I just thought of a couple. Um, so I, I know they've been talking about Corey Flagg a lot, yep. how much he's improved. He's one. Uh, linebacker also um, well, here's one a guy that I really like a lot and sometimes was wondering why he didn't play more or whatever last year Gil Frierson yeah um, I think he's weird, really he was good. good for them two years ago and didn't play a lot so it's an interesting yeah. brand that's almost he, a comeback because like he got it is I, I thought, a little bit yeah. anyway Gil you know is playing the, the the star position which is like just another word for nickelback yeah. yep. kind of uh, according to Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator. So he's one. And then the other one, I wouldn't say comeback. Uh, 
and most improved, maybe I just think he's really, really good as Elijah Royal, the yeah. tight end. Um, I think Will Mallory, maybe they're going to guard a little. I just have this. We haven't talked to him. Have you noticed recently? I just yeah. Don't, we know he was banged up at some. Yeah, point. he had off-season surgery. I think he's going to be fine. I really do, and they're being very careful because they love that guy, and they need him. But you know, uh, so I think Elijah Arroyo is going to really step out and do well. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a story uh, off Thursday talk spotlighting six guys who I think have a chance to be that underclassman breakout. And the only reason I didn't put him on that list is because even though he didn't put up big numbers last year. He started a couple of games when Will Mallory was hurt. So he's a little bit of a proven commodity, but yeah, I mean, he, I think he had like 50 yards last year. So if he, he could be a, like, I don't know, he could be one of Miami's like top four or five receivers, I think this year in terms of catches and yards, um, especially because of, we've talked about it a lot. The fact that they don't have a lot of obvious guys at wide receiver, they're going to, lean probably pretty heavily on those tight ends because I think Arroyo they're really high on um yeah he's 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 the guy I'd probably look at as as the best candidate for most improved I mean like I think you could say like Leonard Taylor also if he just can increase he was so productive in small playing time last year if he can just become a more consistent guy then he could be like just more valuable to this team um and I think just a couple of the wide receivers, right? Someone is going to have to step up a wide receiver. Um, I, don't, I don't see But that. the problem is I don't know who that's going to be. Could be. Could be. Could All right. Be. I think we should end this with um, uh, something like uh, what we think the score is going to be. Oh, for Bethune-Cookman? <laughs> I did prediction somewhere. Let me, let me see if I can. I, I, I okay. I, let What's me, your I'm prediction? Not, I'm not, I, I, I absolutely, I really abhor I can't stand predictions, which is funny that I just said we should end it like that because um, I think they're kind of dumb. Um, but uh, especially when you haven't seen the team yet, whatever, we know nothing. But I'm going to say Miami's going to score in the – oh, I hate this part, but at least in the 50s, okay? I, I don't know what, in the 50s. The last the last time they played – uh, in 2019, Miami won 63 to nothing. Okay. And then as I put in my, I just posted my advance and then finished the season six and seven. Yeah. Okay. So, so there you go. Don't read too much into whatever happens this weekend. Exactly. So I think Miami gets in the fifties, maybe even the sixties. If Mario feels like really running it up, which I think he will. And then, um, and, and of course there's going to be a lot of substitutes put in, but, and then, um, I think Bethune Cookman, <laughs> I they're gonna. I don't think it could be a shutout. Oh my God, it could be a shutout. Yeah. But uh, if Bethune- that's hard to that's hard. Uh, that's why I uh, especially making predictions on games like these. Like I don't know, I'd say like forty nine to seven. But again, like you yeah. said, it could be sixty three nothing, or it could be or 10, but- 10 points or less. Ten points or fewer for Bethune. That's what yeah. I, I mean. Think. They could always give up points when the backups come in. Like it's so hard to uh, exactly exactly. Or they could stop scoring when the backups come in and get stuck at 35 for a while or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be big. And like you said, it's not really going to matter. So Miami wins. That's my prediction. Yeah, there you go. One and oh, going into the next week. And then Um, next week, next week, we can talk about the first week. And we're going to actually hopefully learn a little bit this weekend, even if we're not going to get too excited about a 63 nothing win. We'll we'll know who's, you know, we're going to know who's what the rotations kind of look like at some of these positions. 
Um, we're going to see how this offensive line looks. We're going to see how much Zion Nelson plays, if he plays at all. So, yeah, we're, we're going to actually have some things to talk about. So uh, let's finish things up there. You can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Uh, check out her uh, preview. We also, I guess your your big season preview story will probably be out um, sometime Friday. Is I that think the plan? they would post that tomorrow, actually. Yeah, so, so check that tomorrow out. Tomorrow is today, right? Because yeah, every Friday. So they're yeah. big, big profile of, of Mario Cristobal, obviously. To, to things that you might not know. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff in there. I've told I've not read it yet, but I've heard a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, I'm at Miami stuff. I'm doing recruiting stuff. So uh, we've got the whole the whole shebang covered between the two of us and Barry Jackson and Greg Cody and everyone else at the Herald. So thanks, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week.